Good day, listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio program. We're glad you've joined us. I'm your host, Jonathan Darty. Pure Sex Radio is produced by Be Broken Ministries. Be Broken's mission is to help men, women, and families move from sexual brokenness to wholeness in Christ and equip others to do the same. Can you relate to stress and anxiety in a constantly changing world? Do God's promises of peace and joy still apply in the world today? How can you find real peace, grace, and Jesus in the midst of the chaos? My guests on today's program are Steve and Jamie Wishman, founders of Breathe Life Ministries. They got married in 1998 and have four children. They've traveled through many peaks and valleys, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. They bring answers and insights to the questions around stress and pain from a place of deep personal experience. Steve began ministry as a youth minister in Houston, Texas, and has served in pastoral ministry in four different churches in Texas. Jamie, after 10 years in the trenches as a pastor's wife and home educator, obtained an advanced counseling certificate through the Townsend Institute at Concordia University, Irvine, California. God has captured their hearts for sharing the freedom of the gospel with Christian leaders and their families. Steve currently serves as the Director of Strategy and Operations for Breathe Life Ministries. Jamie currently serves as the Director of Ministry and Programs. Learn more about Steve and Jamie and their ministry at breathelifetoday.com. For additional resources, visit bebroken.com or check out links in today's show notes. And please rate and review the podcast after listening to help others find it. Now, let's dive into our conversation with Steve and Jamie. Well, hey, Steve and Jamie Wishman, welcome back to the program. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Good, good. Well, you know, I don't want to waste any time because um, I think we're going to have a really good conversation today. You know, when I when I invited you guys uh, back to the program, because you guys have been on before to kind of share your story and you shared kind of just the, the ministry that you have um, been called into. Um, but this time when I invited you guys to be back on the program, I, I love some of the uh, the the talking points that you guys had kind of suggested. And uh, so we're going to dive into a conversation around finding peace, grace, and Jesus in the midst of a changing world. Also, maybe talking a little bit about emotionally honest prayers, and then how biblical promises can be made practical. So just a very small amount of things that we're going to try to cover today, right? Not any big topics. Uh, but. But can we talk first about the idea of just finding finding peace, grace, and Jesus in the midst of a changing world? Why why is that so important, and especially around the ministry that you guys are doing? Yeah, well, um, I think what probably all of the listeners can appreciate is the amount of changes that we've each dealt with um, back to back to back to back recently has piled up to a level that it is making it hard to just um, grin and bear it. And um, and so what we are, we find that that's a really ripe um, place for finding Jesus in really practical ways, where maybe once we only knew him kind of philosophically or intellectually, now like to function, it's like, I'm gonna have to have something and I'm gonna have to know if these promises from God are true or not because I got questions and I got heartache and I am, my anxiety is through the roof and I need some real help. So I think those kind of um, desperate questions um, are a great place for meeting God. Yeah, I just, I saw a, 
host today from, um, he was a seminary professor of mine, and then he even was the president of our seminary for a while. And he was talking about how so much of the Western church experience is, is so much up in our heads. And, and that I think the events of this last year, year and a half, have caused us to really look inside our hearts and deal with things that maybe we didn't deal with in the past. And man, when Jesus actually speaks to those, when you get in a group of people that you can trust to bring those kinds of things out in the open and then get to hear Jesus speaking to those and the Holy Spirit speaking to those, it makes a real difference. Yeah, you know, and as you guys are saying that, I I think about how sometimes we have falsely assumed um, that uh, uh, the right information will create transformation. Right. Can you talk about some of the obstacles or the the gaps, uh, the hurdles that people have to get over when they have falsely assumed that just having the right information is going to produce the kind of transformation that God wants to actually affect in their lives? Wow, that's a great question. Well, it's a very humbling experience um, when when we. Like for me, I was in, I've been in my, in the church my whole life. I've, um, I've been in Bible schools since forever, you know? Um, and so it's when I hit a point that the, my, the problems of my life did not match my theology, my theology said, I remember really struggling with it at a point where, um, uh, the cast all your burdens on me. You know, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. And I looked at my life, and I'm like, where's the rest? Right. I feel like following Jesus actually just adds more burdens. I'm supposed to be a better person and nicer and more giving or more sacrificial. And it just, the, the burdens just increased so much. And I was doing the best I could, but at some point I'm like, this this is not working. And And that question, I think, was terrifying to me because it felt like I was questioning the very faith that I had been given my whole life. But in reality, I believe it was God calling me to another level of faith that says, you believed me this much. Now I want you to believe me like this. And that's when I started having to wrestle with, I, God, I thought, no, this is, this is what actually happened. I had major back problems and I was stuck on my back in my bed for one summer. And I was, I wanted to pray that God would help me, that he would heal my back. But I was afraid if I prayed and asked him to heal my back and he didn't heal my back, how could I still believe in him? Mm. And so it was a real faith crisis for me to take the information I had known about God and apply it really practically. I was afraid that God could not hold up to the test. Mm. he can <laughs> but it is yeah. a little terrifying when you're like i want to test like i'm going to test this now god you said you'll be my provider you said you'd be my healer you said you'd be my comforter i'm going to test this you said you'd be my guide i'm going to depend on you to be that way and it's usually for for me anyway out of sheer desperation it's because i have no other options or at least that's the way it started so out of sheer desperation i have no other provision God, will you be my provision? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And and, uh, what I'm hearing you say is that all of us at some point are going to come up against something that feels either contradictory or at least in conflict in our spirit between what we maybe have believed the information of truth and grace means 
and how it then actually intersects with the realities of our life, the the circumstances. And what I'm hearing you say is that's going to create a, a sense of conflict in my spirit. That's going to create some tension there. And can you talk a little bit about maybe what what peace actually means versus maybe how we have thought peace to mean? Because well, I don't want to give, you know, give my cards away here, but I think for me, most of my life, it, it felt like to me, peace meant everything is calm. You know, there's no, there's no chaos. There's no disruption. Can you blow up my false understanding of peace and give me a better view of what peace actually means? I'll, 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 I'll take a swing at blowing up our false understanding of peace because that I would say I grew up mostly with a, a, a sense of, I'm, I'm guessing this is a natural human tendency of just trying to avoid pain. Um, I, I don't like pain, so I avoid painful things. And I think I even applied that then to, so when things actually happened in my life that did that, where the conflict arose, I just got really good at just pushing it down. Like there's a lots of ways to ignore that, do good, do good work and get good praise for that, get the good results for good work, and try and cover up painful things that didn't jive with my beliefs. And I would say that true peace, um, and I'm still learning this, is is being able to actually pull that thing out and acknowledge it and look at it rather than be so scared of it that I have to fake it or push it down. And when I pull it out and look at it, then I can actually start to, because when it's hidden, I think what happens is, is I, I start to have voices in my head that tell me what's true about myself, about God, about the world around me. And I, I believe that those things are really true. And I, and I oftentimes believe that that's God's voice. But if I pull the thing out that's painful and I really look at it, many times I find out that what I'm listening to is not God. And it's mm-hmm. actually, it's holding me back from the healing I could, I could be receiving for the painful thing. And to me, that's real peace. But to take that thing out sounds anything but peaceful to me. Like my whole body says, yeah. that's going to hurt. That doesn't sound peaceful at all. <laughs> well, no. think about, you know, I, I, as soon as you said that about the idea of there's, that, there's a pain element in there, my, my, my thoughts immediately went to, um, what are we, what are we often fighting for in a war to bring some kind of peace? Right. And so there is a conflict of sorts that we have to go through a battle that has to be waged in order to, to realize peace. Now, Jamie, in your situation, let's say specifically with your back issue, how would you try to help a person in a similar kind of situation understand what what could peace look like in a circumstance like that that may not be alleviated quickly or there might be an ongoing aspect to that? Can there still be peace in a person's life who has an ongoing ailment of, of suffering? Um, yeah, that's a good question that peace does not mean the act, absence of pain or conflict. So peace can be found. Scripture seems to suggest that peace can be found in the midst of even the most, um, though the mountains crumble to the sea, you know, it can be horrible and there can still be peace for me. So um, 
So then the question is, how do I find it? Um, so often, often what, what we really help people do in our ministry is help people just be honest about where they actually are. Sometimes when we've learned I'm supposed to have peace, mm-hmm. we try to like will ourselves into the peaceful place instead of starting with, where I am. Like I start in this place of need. I don't have any peace. I can't find the peace. I'm in pain. I'm scared. And we start there by being honest. Um, then we can meet God where we actually are and we can meet, bring the need to him and let him fill it. And often um, when it's really big, it's really helpful to have another person who can kind of stand in the gap for God. So if I was to tell you how I was struggling and you were to actually be a voice of acceptance and compassion and understanding for me, then you remind me of the God who accepts me as I am when I'm full of anxiety, who loves me as I am when I don't trust him. Um, You start to be a presence for me in that this starts to help me calm down. When you accept me in my anxiety, I remember that God, I can connect. I'm not always remembering. I was going to say I remember, but sometimes we don't even know. We, have, we don't have an experience of being accepted when we're anxious. Often we feel like we have to stop being anxious to be accepted. So while we were yet sinners, while we were yet struggling, while we were yet dead, that's when he comes, before it's fixed. Yeah, as, you're, as you're saying that, I'm thinking of uh, the first thing that popped into my mind when you said that it's not something that you can will. You know, you can't just force yourself, you know, I need to be, I need to be at peace it made me think, I think that's the reason why we're told that what the Spirit of God produces in us is fruit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a, a a tree doesn't will, you know, fruit. Mm-hmm. It's like it, it grows out of what, what's already happening in the vine, in the roots. And so it's mm-hmm. it, it gets back to that idea of abiding is, is what I'm hearing you say. Yeah. It's like my job as a an image bearer of God is to remain in the vine, to remain in a, in a sense of openness to what he wants to produce in me. Can you help us understand maybe practically what it looks like to put yourself in that kind of position to really experience what God wants to produce through you? Because like you said, it isn't something that you can just conjure up. Oh, guess what? I'm going to I'm going to just sort of deny and ignore all the realities of the anxieties or the fear or the pain that I'm suffering in my life today and just make myself be at peace. It seems to me like what you're saying is it's more about putting yourself in a different posture, emotionally, spiritually, mentally. Can you help us understand maybe how you guys do that practically and then what you encourage others to do practically to to put themselves in that posture? Yeah, that's that's a that's a great question, too. That's um is at the center really of what the Lord's put in front of us to do with people. Um, and, and so a lot of it is first helping them actually notice what's really going on with their heart. And, and I say heart, like our hearts, our minds, we're whole people. Um, but I think we tend to think a lot about our thinking. Um, but we, we judge our emotions a lot, especially in the church. And so the first thing we do is help people, just notice what they're feeling. Um, we tend to judge that really fast. So we try to get them notice what you're feeling and don't judge it. I'm not going to judge it. You don't judge it either. So if you're angry, um, we're just going to talk about that. We're going to look at it and we're going to be curious about it. And 
we're going to try and trace you know what happened, what's going on, so that at some point, um, and usually when we're talking with somebody, we notice it when they finally let their emotions, when they stop holding them down, the tears come out or their fists kind of get a little clenched. It's at those points that we often, that's when we go to prayer. And we're like, do you want me to say what you just said to God or do you want to say it? Uh, mm-hmm. you, you want me to do it for you? Or do you want to do it? And getting, I think getting yourself to say that the actual thing you're feeling to God is what John says in 1 John 1, where he talks about walking in the light as he is in the light. I really think that's what it looks like. It's being honest. It's not being the way I think I'm supposed to be, willing myself to be the the righteous thing. It's saying, here I am, Jesus. What do you say about this? What do you, what do you, where are you in this? And I've found that he's super, he's, he's, he's super at showing up in those moments and really speaking grace, peace, truth, you know, helping realign us like, Hey, that, that's not me. Cause I think a lot of times we shame ourselves immediately for um, what we're feeling. And that now we have shame about the, the bad feeling we already have that we want to get out of. Um, now we have shame about it. So I, I think, I don't know if that makes sense, but it's being honest and then starting to say it to Jesus and then listening for what he has mm-hmm. to say. And that's where I think another person is really helpful, um, it, it, at least as you're learning that at the beginning. Jamie, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, yes. So one of the things I've been practicing in my own life when there's not another person there, so just for myself, um, I'm a fighter. Like I, I can, I can tackle any challenge. I can get her done, you know. Um, and that has not been serving me well with my emotions recently. So I try to fight my emotions. And um, so one of the things I've been practicing is this idea of yielding to the emotions. Or yielding to God, it's really yielding to God in the emotion. Thank yeah. God you're going to hold me. But it allows the emotion, it assumes the emotion is a wave that rises and will fall. And if I quit battling it so hard, it will naturally fade away. I don't have to bury it. I don't have to fight it. So, and in that, I'm. so what I'm doing is I'm noticing it. I'm yielding to God. I said, God, I need help. And then I'm waiting. And then I'm watching. So it might take an entire day. But by the end of the day, I'm noticing, oh, wow, when I was kind to myself in that emotion, it just naturally faded. I didn't have to beat it. So that's something I've been trying lately. That's been Mm kind of cool. Yeah. And one of the things I've found helpful over the years for myself in this idea of trying to get into a posture that is more conducive to, to not only receiving the, the peace from God, but also then being able to be at peace with my circumstance is journaling. It's just like having a place where I can just write out certain things because sometimes there's a level of honesty and transparency that can come out in a journal that really can't or shouldn't come out maybe anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, and I think we all need to have, like you were saying earlier, Steve, the idea of of being able to say even to somebody else, like being a safe enough place where it's like, I need to actually just speak what I'm actually feeling. Yes. And sometimes the rawness of that is alarming, even to the person yes. who's expressing it. But we need those spaces, not for, not for the, not for some kind of gratuitous, uh, you know, emotional effect, but for the idea of I've been holding that in and it's sort of, 
you know, I, I often talk about how sometimes we can get emotionally and spiritually constipated. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like there has to be an outlet for some of these things in right. a safe enough, uh, safe enough place. You guys talk about this in terms of say, talking about emotionally honest prayers. You know, yes. so we've been talking a little bit here about, hey, how do you just start kind of putting yourself in a posture where you can receive and experience the peace of God? What does this look like in a prayer context? How do you how do you engage this level of honesty and emotion with God? Uh, it's it's interesting because like when we meet well on our own, but also as we meet with people, we'll do what you just if they they don't know how to journal this yet. Um, it's often Jamie who does this. She'll just write that. Just tell me everything you're feeling, and she just writes it all down, and then she'll read it back to them, and you can see their eyes sometimes get kind of big. Like, oh my gosh, I said that out loud. And they're like, yeah, but that was really in there. Now, here's what we want to do. We want to sh- sh- say that to God. And then we're going to look for him and ask for him to show up in that. And people, I, I think a lot of times, in, you know, we mainly work with church workers and people who are in full-time ministry. And they're surprised. They're like, can we do that? Can we talk to God like that? Can we? But if you go read the Psalms, the Psalms are full of, I, I believe, emotionally honest prayers of mm-hmm. people saying, this is what's going on in my life, and I need you because I can't figure this out. And and the more honest we are, the more deeply he can heal us. Yeah. Because as we say it, it's like an uprooting. Mm-hmm. It's no longer planted in our hearts. It gets uprooted. And then when that, that gets met, even if it's not coming out of our mouths, it's impacting the way we live. And our spouse probably knows it <laughs> um, if nobody yeah, else does. Closest to us, for sure. um, but as that gets uprooted by, then, and Jesus meets it, it can, it can actually see, receive grace in a way that when it's still un, unexpressed, it's just harder to get the grace to it. Mm-hmm. So um, let's talk a little bit about what you guys do in ministry. Can you can you share with our our folks uh, a little bit about what you guys do in Breathe Life uh, Ministries, and then and then I would love for us to talk about um, that last little point we were going to go into about biblical promises made practical. Like how mm-hmm. do we? Because that's another I think disconnect that a lot of Christians have. They've got all yeah. these, you know, they may even have their little you know, plaque on the wall or their little, you know, uh, journal that has all God's promises, but then there's just a disconnect between then going to work or going to the grocery store or going, like, what does it look like practically? But um, tell us about Breathe Life. Well, that we, we've started to do a lot of different things over the last year. Um, we meet with couples. Uh, we meet with individuals. We meet with groups. Um and really in all of them, we're doing a lot of what we just talked with you about, of trying to meet them where whatever their need is as the different people that we meet with, whatever their need is, helping them find their true selves in that, what's really going on with their hearts and their minds, open that up, listen to God. And then usually the fun part is that that last part, after he started to deal with some of the stuff that's kind of got him blocked or that feels like barriers, is looking at the creativity God brings for whatever situation they find themselves in. And he's, he's super creative. And I think people are really surprised um, when we get to that part of our time with them at the ideas that he puts in front of them, when they oftentimes feel like they didn't 
sometimes they may have felt trapped. Sometimes they feel like they, they don't know what their next step is. And so that's what we do a lot with individuals, couples, and groups. Yeah. And and give us your you guys do you guys still use your three key words as part of your Oh yeah. Rest, heal, and play. Rest, heal, and play. I love that. Especially the play part, because that's that is that's actually one of those words that almost has this uh uh you know, almost people would say in hushed tones, like, can you say that as a Christian? Like, can Christians play? Like, yeah. what are you talking about? And I love the fact that, that you've integrated that in because I think we've lost you know, here we're talking about peace. We're talking about really difficult circumstances. We're talking about the the ugliness of life that can happen. And I yeah. think we lose the idea that God has designed us. The God of all joy has actually designed us to, as one of my friends, Steve Cervantes, likes to say, the original design was to run around naked in a garden, like <laughs> to play, you know? Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about those words and how, how meaningful they are in terms of what you try to do in your ministry? Yeah, so we find the first step really, it, they kind of work in order as we have experienced them so far, is this idea of rest is a, is a is a kind of a yielding and a surrender and a trust to step away from the chaos and um, find some space. And once there's some space made, then, then as we're honest and we meet with God, we find him so faithful to heal us. And um, out of that healing bursts that, innovation and creativity and that risk and discovery it's i think it's how we become childlike again mm -hmm. is he heals us of the stuff i almost think this this might sound horrible no i don't think god makes the bad stuff happen so hear me clearly on that but one of the ways he's he redeems the bad stuff is that he uses it for that kind of crazy good jesus walked through death to overcome death and think of all the things that we individually have walked through in the last couple of years. How much mm. fear, how much anxiety, how much addiction, how much um, brokenness have we walked through? What if that's the path to overcoming it that Jesus walked through first and we get to follow him through? So this is not this is not the end of our story, whatever we're dealing with right now. And I know some of us are dealing with a lot is we're going we're walking through it. So. There's there's more youth renewed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So let's talk then about about the fact that God has made promises to us in his word. He's given us these great, you know, promises of hope and that he's going to be with us and that he is for us and that we are his and made in his image and all these things that there's a there's a place for us and with him eternally. How do we how do we take those things in like you guys have been saying that man the situations that we've been walking through in the last couple of years with all of the just the global mess that's been going on um we've talked a little bit about how do you how do you find peace in that how do you um pray honestly and express honestly to others about walking through that but then now how do we take these promises that god has given to us and actually apply them practically into our daily lives yeah, so the Lord says, test me in this. And I know there he's talking about some of the fi the financial part in Micah. Is it Micah? Mm -hmm. Anyway, yeah. he, I believe, and in um, Psalms, it talks about all the promises of the Lord have been tested. And I think that's what we're invited to do is test them. So anytime you read 
this is what I do. Anytime I read a promise of God and feel a hitch in my spirit, like that can't be true. I mean, my mind knows it's true. So I have to become sensitive to the part of me that the unbelief in my heart. And let's just be honest, this side of eternity will always have a little bit of unbelief. He's we're rooting it out. So to, and mm-hmm. we don't have to be scared of our unbelief. As we notice it, um, Isaiah 40, verse 31, those who keep waiting for the Lord will renew their strength. They'll soar on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not grow tired. I mean, if you're paying attention to life at all, you've got to, you've got to call BS on that. Like, or at least a little part. Sorry, can I say that? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so... There's a part of me that's not very um, faithful or religious or godly inside of me. So if that part is part of me, then I that part needs Jesus. So that part of me says, Jesus, your word says, when you wait on the Lord, he'll renew your strength. And I've been waiting on you. And I'm really, really tired. So what gives? And... Mm-hmm. And you talked about journaling and that I can journal pages and pages and pages on that topic alone. I waited on you. I waited on you. I waited on you. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. And so as as I'm honest about what I think about the promises of God, my experience of the promises of God, and then wait, like give them a little space and listen and pause and like be willing to be uncomfortable in the unanswered question for a minute or a day or a week and just start watching mm. and just see what he does. You know, one of the things I'm, I think I'm hearing you say there that is very, very unpopular in our Western consumeristic, you know, give me what I want right now uh, world is that idea of waiting. And the idea that God's promises are God's promises. And so therefore, they're from his mind, from his heart. And therefore, I believe they're going to be uh, uh, realized in his timing. And that may be the hardest part about really applying practically the promises of God to our circumstances is because it's really hard for us to Hey, when, like you said, walk and not be weary, you know, run and not faint. And the idea of the mount up with wings like you, well, when, right? That's the question that we have a lot of times is, you know, so, so Jamie, when you were laying flat on your back for a whole summer, you're not exactly mounting up on wings like eagles or feeling like you're going to walk at all, let alone walk and not faint. And so can you... Can either one of you or both of you talk a little bit about the 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 need for us to have a an enduring mindset, a a faithful mindset, a persistent mindset in not only receiving but experiencing the promises of God? Because that's I think what I'm hearing you say is that God's promises they are promises, but it's the timing element that sometimes we struggle with in terms of how they're going to be applied and realized in our lives. I, I would say one of the, to me, this really starts to get at the whole idea of the body of Christ and really what the church is and um, is that it's rare that when we are living in a moment like Jamie described, um, I think there's a lot of, let, let's just take just Christians. Um, 
and not even think about people outside the church right now. I think a lot of Christians, when they're in a situation like that, <clears throat> are doing that alone. And um, to wait, I think um, so much of the waiting, when you look in the Bible, is done in community um, because it is hard. Um, because you do need somebody there reminding you of the promises when you can't actually feel them. Um, and so much of our church experience now just doesn't have that part to it. And I think it's a call back to that, where we can live mm -hmm. honestly in front of each other, that, that, that a few other people know the things that we're waiting on and that we're wrestling with God about. That, that would be one aspect of it. On the, on the flip side of that, I think, is the is not just the waiting part, but the um, what other people think about how I'm doing life or whatever, I think also puts a lot of pressure. And then you have just the way the world um, reacts to those things. So if the Lord leads um, and, and leads with a promise towards something, but his leading, I mean, look at how he leads like Moses or Abraham or Mary when she finds out she's going to have Jesus and all of these kinds of things like we, if those things happened to us now, we'd be like, no, that, that doesn't fit our paradigm of how, how we follow Jesus. And yet I think God has so many other ways to do life, and we think there's only one or two ways. For, mm -hmm. I'll just give an example. Um, like for us, when we, when we got on the road to doing the ministry we are now, is it was leaving ministry as, as a pastor in a church. And... Really, the biggest thing was we sold when we sold our house, we knew we weren't going to buy another house yet. We were just going to use that money to figure out what was next, follow Jesus. And it's kind of in hindsight, we saw that that money that our American culture would say, we were just supposed to invest that in the next house. You got to have you got to you got to build up um, the what you're what you're saving for. Right. And, and we actually invested it into our kids and into starting this ministry. We didn't know we were doing that at the time. And when I look at that investment today versus if I had put that money into the next house, to me, it's a no-brainer now. Um, and yet there's days where I wish, you know, I had that. And so then I need some, I need the community reminding me what God gave me instead um, is better than um, just having money um, built, you know, equity built up in the house. So that's just an example of how God might lead that's different than the culture. And, that, and then you need, you need persistence. Um, mm -hmm. You need the community to help you keep following that. Yeah, is it, I think it's in Romans 5 where it talks about rejoicing in our suffering because it produces, and over time, it produces endurance. Um, but we don't, when we start suffering, we don't have the endurance. So we kind of have to borrow from other people. But mm -hmm. as we suffer, it's it will be built. That's what God's intending to build is endurance and character and hope. He's oh, really yeah. trying to build our hope in the midst of the challenging situations. But it's so we don't have it yet. So we we Jesus gives it to us. We borrow it from people. It's being built, and that's okay. We haven't arrived yet as believers. We're on the yeah. path. Well, Steve and Jamie, it's been it's been a real joy for me to kind of just watch uh, y'all's development in this ministry over the last few years. And um, I love what you guys are doing and even just also seeing the, the growth in you guys and your family and what this has meant 
you know, I, I, I want our listeners to know that um, you're living it. You're mm-hmm. not just, you know, teaching it. And so I think that's really important because there's an integrity there that you guys are walking these things out yourselves and not just saying, oh, let's, you know, let's throw this information to other people and hope it sticks. You know, um, you're, you're kind of, you've, you've kind of been the, the test subjects for your own <laughs> ministry. Um, and I just want to say, I think you guys are doing a great job in that. So tell our listeners where they can find out more information about your ministry and y'all and, and how to get some of your resources. Yeah, so our website is breathelifetoday.com. And we have a blog on there. We don't blog a ton, but we do have a couple examples um, like of an emotionally honest prayer I wrote a little while back called Impatient. So if you're feeling impatient and you want to pray honestly about that, there's a blog titled that. You could check that out. Anything else? We're in Tomball, Texas, near Houston. So if you're in the area, um, that'd be fun to connect. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you guys again for being on the program. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Well, listeners, we're always glad that you're with us, and we look forward to seeing you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio program. Take care. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.